Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, my name is Tom, and I'm a compulsive eater and sugar addict, and I've been abstinent now uh, from sugar entirely for a bit over four years. Um, so the way that it was is where I'll start. Um, I guess I've been a compulsive eater since I was pretty young. I can't say exactly when, but I know that my mom took note of me, um, I guess probably eating the way she used to when she was my age, which was lots of sugar. Um, and somewhere around third or fourth grade, I became aware, I was made aware that, gee, wouldn't you like to lose some weight? So that's kind of where I mark the beginning of being a compulsive reader, because when you're that age, the answer is, of course, yes, uh, whatever you think, ultimately. And um, so I have many, many years, I'm now 71, and I entered OA about, I think it was eight or nine years ago. Um, so I have many, many years of dieting and um, close relationship with a couple of dietitians over the, nutritionists, excuse me, um, and uh, quite a few therapists, <laughs> you know, on and on it goes. Um, and the thing is that when I look back, when I started doing steps one and two, I looked back and, you know, took a good look at how I had learned to steal food, uh, eat in secret, um, eat really quickly. And I have, I have slowed down, but I have to say, I still sometimes have trouble eating in the presence of other people um, because it's, you know, I trained myself not to be seen eating. Um, so it really is a disease of isolation. Uh, and I, <laughs> I was caught stealing food in a, a drugstore and I had to return the candy and make amends. And uh, that put a stop to the vast majority of any stealing, even of food uh, at a fairly young age. But um, I didn't regard lifting stuff out of garbage cans and, uh, you know, from the under the sink and stuff like that as stealing. Um, I guess I might look at that differently today. Because food was it for me and always was. I did go through periods in my 20s. I smoked pot daily for seven years. I got drunk three or four times a week. I dropped acid, I snorted cocaine, I did all the great stuff. And one by one, oh, I smoked. And one by one, I got tired of all of them. I mean, it just kind of was ready to stop and I stopped. But food has always been there. Um, the, only, the only successful, I would say successful time that I had dieting on my own, I fasted. I ate, uh, I did not eat anything three days a week. I drank water and black coffee. 
worked great. I can't re recommend it. Um, I lost 60 pounds and, uh, you know, a large part of it stayed off for quite a few years, but ultimately it came back on. So my peak weight is a little bit north of 300 pounds, because, but I've never had a scale that weighed that much. So I, to, there's, I don't know exactly how much. And I was reluctant to see a doctor in those days too. Um, and today I'm around 240. So that seems to be where I'm settling. Um, and that's not bad, but I am still a compulsive eater. I know I'm a compulsive eater because I periodically get really, I guess I would say identified with food. I just, it, gets into my brain. I start thinking about it. It's hard to stop thinking about it. And if until I remember the steps, until I remember to pick up the phone, until I remember to do something different, then those thoughts remain. And uh, I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> the, the good doctor is in a, a wheelchair and he, just, he has a hand that does this, wants to strangle him. It has to grab it. Well, that's being a compulsive overeater. That's that's the deal. When the hand starts coming up, you got to grab it and <laughs> knock it out somehow. Um, yeah. So the day finally came. Actually, I was about, I think I was about 50 when I decided, you know, God, um, let's see, I have been fat just about all of my 50 years. Although when I looked at pictures of myself and my youth, it, it's not really true. Um, and I've got to do something different about it because I had gone through a divorce. I was kind of lonely. I decided I was going to be a real eccentric old fart if I didn't like have some kind of relationship with somebody. Uh, I had changed careers. That's another one. So, you know, I basically wiped out the past. <laughs> and uh, so I did meet my wife on Match.com, but that is also when I went to another nutritionist and I did manage to lose some weight. Um, it was a little bit excruciating. And what I noticed during that time at work, people would bring in food. And I have to say that I don't have to, but I'm going to, I thought about food as much as and kind of the way I did think about girls when I was 18. Like all the time, if I saw a young lady, a young woman, then that's where my brain went. And it was really uncontrollable. And that's what I was doing with food, exactly. And I realized that's not where I wanted to be at all. Um, so that was kind of the first shot across my bow that ultimately led me to OA. Um, for years and years, I had just thought, there's no way I would ever go to OA. I, how could you be addicted to food? You know, it's just not, you have to eat. You know, I'm sure everybody's heard these comments by people who come in the rooms. You have to eat. You can't just stop eating. You can't, how can you be addicted? It's not an addiction. Oh, yeah, well, yes, it is. <laughs> That's that's what I found out about sugar, at least, at the very least, sugar for me. If I eat it, um, I'll be off to the races. And who knows when I will come back? Um, 
and something crossed my mind that I wanted to mention, and now I've lost it again because that's well, I'm now I'm 71, so I get I get free pass on forgetting stuff all the time. Uh, <laughs> although everybody should, really, is my opinion. Um, what was that one? Hmm. Yes, body image. I didn't realize that men had could have body dysmorphia, but of course we can and do. I do. Um, so I was a competitive swimmer when I was seven until I was about 12 and all the other guys got skinny and developed and I was still, you know, the parabola shape, generally speaking, I thought. Um, so having spent a lot of my life in the water up to that point, at age 15, I refused to go swimming because I would have to take off my shirt in the presence of other people. And I looked at a picture of myself at age 15, and it's pretty sad uh, because I look pretty normal to myself. Look, just a bit husky, that's all. And I thought I was, you know, gross and awful. So I also have wrestled with why would that drive a person to eat? And it took me quite a while to realize that when you're eating, you don't realize the consequence. Like the consequence that you're trying to escape is deferred. I feel bad because of the way I look. I think it's awful. So I eat because I feel better at the time. And it may take a day or a week or however long for the weight to go up. So it's it's hard to keep that connection in mind. Um, and that did not prove to be the, the key thing for me in losing a bit of weight and maintaining some weight loss. Ultimately, it wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to make me fat. I thought that was going to be it. I spent a lot of time doing that. What do I want? What do I want? But that wasn't what actually helped me. So what happened was I remarried. Master.com worked for me. That was nice. Um, and uh, we've now been married for 14 and a half years. Um, and there came a point. Now, I know that my wife would prefer that I lose weight because I would look better, but also because of my health. And there came a point when I, where I could see that, particularly through the isolating and hiding business, I was destroying my marriage again. And I really didn't and don't want that. And she'd suggested uh, going to OA in the past because she had been through OA. Uh, and finally, I decided, oh, well, I have tried everything else I've ever heard of you know, from Metrical to, I don't know, every damn thing. And uh, never had good success. And I would, I can't, fasting is like, just say fast and, oh, no, no, no. It's left over from six months of fasting every other day. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's not an option. And uh, so finally, a friend said, I'll meet you at a meeting. And I went, and that was just about exactly, let me see, uh, 
you know, I have a little trouble with the date. It's either eight years ago or nine years ago on the first Friday night in October. So it's pretty close to this time. And people were telling the truth. They were just talking about how they felt, you know, and I wouldn't have put it that way then. I didn't know that's exactly what I was hearing. It took a month or so. But it was different, you know, and something that I wanted. I could see that. Um, and it meshed with all the other things I've been going through, which is <laughs> some years before I had turned 50. I went, this is enough being fat. Well, it wasn't um, really. It was enough, but not that didn't do it. That didn't help me lose weight. Um, and all the other things that just went on in my life that continued to go on. So there I was at OA. And of course, that's not all the magic right there. You have to do something. And uh, the thing that I did, <clears throat> well, I didn't do it myself. I think it was the second week that I was there, maybe the third, this nice person came up and said, hmm, you, you know, do you want to consider taking a service opportunity? I've been doing the uh, the, the phone list for two years now. And, you know, I've been looking for somebody and I'm a, okay, I, I could do that. And I think that was a, a really lucky decision that I made just off the top of my head. It was, it was the right thing because that's what has helped me more than almost anything is to get involved with other people in a way and continue to get and stay more involved with, with excuse me, with them. Um, I had the, I had a 30 day pink cloud period, which showed me what, basically it showed me what's possible. And uh, then I fell off that wagon. And about a month later, I had found a, a sponsor and I'd been advised that it needs to be a man. And, you know, I was typically the only man in the meetings I was going to, uh, but I did find one. And we worked together for about two years. And he was very good to work with. I learned a lot. But the thing I didn't do is become abstinent. And looking back, I've seen this, I've now seen it for a while, but I realized at some point, looking back on my history, that I had confused abstinence and plan of eating. I believed that plan of eating could just as well have been called the plan of abstinence. So if I had I'd written up my menu for the day, and if I varied, then obviously I was not abstinent. And my psychology, perhaps like many of yours, is that if you screw up at all, it's all over and you've got to start over again and you're bad and wrong and all that other stuff, right? So that that's the psychology I'm dealing with. And so that was a really bad way to approach becoming, trying to become abstinent is to believe that any mistake ends it. Um, Five minutes, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. So when he, he and his wife had a second child, he was unable to continue and I kind of floated along for a while, uh, like about a year, actually. And 
then one day, uh, it was in January, I believe, uh, I realized and I was willing to acknowledge honestly and sincerely that actually, hmm, I am a sugar addict. How about that? <clears throat> Didn't think you could be addicted to food, but it was clear to me that I just couldn't eat it. And from that point, it was plain to me that sugar really isn't a food for me. Um, yeah, I know people survive eating it, but it's not my food. <clears throat> so I slipped, excuse my frog. I did slip up a bit. Um, during the next few months. And then again, I had the same firm realization. And on the following day, I'd invited a person from the fellowship over for dinner, my wife and I, and, excuse me. I had admired her work, although I found her a little bit intimidating. And uh, we talked and she said, well, I would be willing to work with you um, and I, so she became my sponsor. And the difference with working with her was dramatic. And what she's had me do that has worked for me is get even more involved. I have a group of six people. Um, and we chat on text or by phone daily. And it's not individual. It's, so there's a text group there's a, a group. And then there are individual phone calls and individual texts. And I would say that they are, she calls them God squad. <laughs> My sponsor does. It's her God squad. And uh, I didn't know about God squads, but now I do. And they, we call ourselves the love team, actually. And uh, it's wonderful. I have never felt loved like that before by people, I'm not in a, any other kind of relationship with them at all, it's just friendship, fellowship. Um, it was astounding. And it's helped me so much because I have people to contact. And of course I have many other people to contact and I do. I also took a service position as a, a meeting representative and was going to intergroup meetings and um, I was very active. Right now, I'm kind of swamped with some things, and I'm not as active in those kinds of roles, but helped start a meeting, and uh, which I still go to, and met a bunch of men in the fellowship because the meeting I, that I helped start was a men's meeting. Um, and that has been the key, because for me, the idea of a higher power is my, my dad, you know, essentially in a costume somewhere. Um, but the idea of Mr. God doesn't work for me. And so my idea of God had become some galaxy at the center of the universe or something, you know, but so distant that there's no connection with me. <clears throat> so the group served as my higher power for quite a long time. But now I do have a relationship with something I regard as my higher power. And it's as much within me as it is outside of me. And that is a transformation that I really appreciate. Um, 
because it allows me to be connected wherever I go. And that is what I have wanted probably all my life, this connection, and uh, lacked it. So, yeah, it's still, you know, I maintain actions through brute force and ignorance sometimes, but most of the time I remember, ah, I could pick up the phone. Oh, I could meditate or pray. Yeah, I think I'll do that instead. Um, and so that is my story. And I thank you for listening. <laughs>